It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Midnight, I'm Frank Moreno. Uh, Joel Soper is an interesting guy. He is uh, the author of a new gambling memoir called Never Enough Zeros, and it deals with the highs of live sports betting and the dark side of gambling addiction. Uh, Joel is somebody that had a very successful career. And lost uh, just about all of it due to a uh, gambling addiction. Uh, very pleased to welcome Joel Soper. Joel, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. I know it's a tough hour. <laughs> You're welcome, Frank. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. So when did you first get into sports gambling? Well, I first got into sports gambling when I was 16, and I was working for a bookmaker in the uh, city of Detroit. And he basically had me writing down the bets because back in the day, that's how you did it. They'd call into the bookie. You would take their action and you would write it down. And there was only two things you could bet on, either the the total of the game or the side of the game. So you could either, either bet the Giants, let's say, minus three or the over 40. That was it. And then when did you find that it became problematic for you? Well, it started when I was in college, when I was uh, doing illegal activities to finance my gambling. So that's, you know, kind of the first red flag that I have. And then it just got progressively worse as I got older. And what sort of illegal activities were you doing in college? I was selling drugs to finance my gambling habit, and at the end of my you know, freshman year, I got in trouble, and I caught a uh, conspiracy to possess three ounces of cocaine charge, and um, luckily, I only got lifetime probation, where most of the people that got the same charge went to jail for two or three years. Uh, no, I can imagine. That is, that is lucky. Um, yeah. By the time that you were out of college— how had you done sort of over the course of your lifetime in terms of sports gambling? Uh, were you a net winner, a net loser? How much of a net winner, how much of a net loser? You know, I would say that I was definitely a net loser. And um, as far as the dollar amounts, you know, before I started my business in California, you know, they were probably already close to $100,000. Wow. Okay. And then what was your business? What you what business did you go into? I owned a company called Aerations Only in San Diego. And basically what it was was a lawn aeration business. But the kicker is is that 
my verbal skills and my sales skills are so good that I was able to aerate about 50 lawns a day, every day. So I was making some very good money. Uh, Ballpark, how much could you make in a given given year at your height of this business? Uh, this business, I made close to one point five million a year. Wow! And so, of the one point five million uh, that you're you're making in lawn care and everything, yeah. about how much are you gambling? Well, of the one point five million, I probably gambled two point five million. So that means not only did I lose the one point five million, I owed Oof. bookies another million. And this is at a time when sports gambling. Everywhere outside of Las Vegas, pretty much, is illegal, right? That's absolutely correct. So I was dealing with some of the most uh, shadiest and not-so-nice people when I was gambling um, those years. And uh, I ended up getting, you know, a lot of things bad happening to me from, you know, breaking ribs of mine to, you know, concussions and, and you name it. You know, I was definitely dealing with some rough people. Yeah. Uh, talking with Joel Soper, he's the author of the book, Never Enough Zeros, which is uh, more relevant than ever, given what's going on in terms of the growth of legal sports betting. Uh, maybe you're not going to uh, get your ribs broken if you <laughs> owe uh, if you owe DraftKings a lot of money, but uh, certainly it could put you in a, a precarious situation. So, Joel, <laughs> how did it all come uh, to a head for you? How did you get out of this spiral of uh, earning all this money and losing even more, uh, get, owing money to the wrong people and getting beat up or assaulted for it. How did it end? Well, it ended by me sending my selling my business in San Diego to pay them off. And then after I did that, you know, I had an additional million and a half. And, you know, I went through all of that, which I gambled away. And uh, then I ended up stealing from my old customers, the ones that I had just sold, and I ended up going to jail. So that's how it ended for that period of time. You know, one of the things that we've seen is, I alluded to this, since the Supreme Court's decision on this, we've seen sports betting, legal sports betting, really grow. It's legal not just in Nevada, but um, New York, New Jersey. Then it went even further. They legalized electronic sports betting so that you don't even have to go to a teller or anything. You could do all this stuff from a computer or from your mobile phone. You don't even have to get out of bed, and you could bet all sorts of money. In your view, how much of a game changer is this? uh, How much, if you know, how much has sports betting grown in this country in recent years? Oh, it's it's huge, ridiculously. The I think what transpired um, was when they came out with the live betting. That was for me the crack cocaine because now you don't have to wait a whole game to see if you win your money. For example. Let's say you're betting a football game. You used to have to wait three to four hours. Now, with the live betting, you can bet the first quarter. I mean, you could bet every series of the game. Mm. There's got there, there's over 150 to 200 propositions on every game as the game's being played. So that was the game changer. That, at least for me, made it so I couldn't even focus on business anymore and uh, basically kept me up from, you know, the whole night because I couldn't sleep because they had all this different action. 
Talking with Joel Soper, author of the, author of the book Never Enough Zeros, a fellow that dealt with uh, a sport, addiction to sports gambling for about 35 years, cost him millions of dollars. I, explain to folks, aside from the financial aspect of this, mm-hmm. what this does, and obviously you had to deal with the legal ramifications since you were right. stealing to feed your, your gambling addiction. What does this do to other aspects of your life, your health, your relationships, your your other interests? What kind of damage does this do to someone's life? Absolutely devastates it. Um, I could not do anything except make my sales and gamble. That was it. So there was no time for relationships. There was no time to build friendships with people because you're constantly in action. Now, as far as the physical side of it, I'm overweight. I am gray hair, the whole front, back, and side. I have lines on my face because I couldn't sleep. And it just, it devastated me. I didn't have time to eat healthy. So I was always getting fast food and drinking sodas to to stay up, to stay in action. Because once this thing gets a hold of you, it doesn't let go. And, And you made a great point earlier that you might not catch a beating anymore, but, you know, financially you're going to catch a beating. So it's, 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 it's a tough, tough addiction once it gets to that point. So you have to know when you're at that point. Yeah. And if people want to know more about the book or uh, even order a copy, they can go to the website, never That's never It's interesting. I was watching the Yankee game last night and I noted because I'd done some homework in preparation for our interview right before, I noted how much of the game is dominated by ads for sports betting websites. Not only are they TV ads, but in the stadium itself, right behind home plate, there's a thing for DraftKings. And it's not just DraftKings, it's FanDuel and all sorts of other things. I'm curious if you have a take on... What has the explosion in legal sports betting meant for the sports leagues themselves? I think the leagues probably view it as a positive because you have a lot more people watching the games even after their teams are out of contention or maybe even if they're not a fan of the team. But what's your perspective on what the legalization and the increase in sports betting has meant for the for the sports leagues themselves? Well, I think that, you know, everything is driven by the sports gambling. I mean, that's why, you know, the players get so so much money. That's why the owners and, you know, everybody involved in the organizations get so much money because for the longest time, sports gambling has been the engine that's kind of driven the revenue. It just was on, you know, the backside. Now everybody's seeing it out in the open. You know, they have the advertisements everywhere. So now these kids, you know, can easily go and bet online where, you know, obviously when you and I were younger, you'd have to find a book. You'd have to ask people and navigate to try to get into that world. Now the door is open to that world. And, you know, these kids and uh, other people, you know, they don't have a chance. And it's just it's it's fueling the sports franchises and you're going to see within the next couple of years that every team, every stadium is going to have a sports book inside the stadium. Mm. We talked about the movement from this being an illegal activity to being a legal activity. 
And right. a lot of folks may be hearing this conversation and say, all right, you know, this was clearly an indication of someone who is a problem gambler. But right. at least if someone deals with a gambling to sports addiction, uh, to, uh, an addiction to sports gambling now, they're not going to have to worry about being being beaten up or assaulted by some thug. And right. there was a recognition. And this was one of the arguments pushed by people like Chris Christie who was a prosecutor, obviously, there was a recognition on the part of policymakers that, look, people want to bet on football and other sports anyway. Why should it not be able to be done legally so this way at least the state can make a little bit of money instead of a bunch of gangsters making that money? Is that logic flawed in in your view? It is. And and let me tell you why I think it is. I mean, yes, like we've talked about a couple times already, the people are not going to catch a beating and end up in, you know, the hospitals like I did. But what you're going to see, and this is my own opinion, is the criminality is going to go up because what happens when you get addicted to the sports gambling is you end up losing because obviously the books have the edge. So then once you lose all your money, then you have to figure out a way to get it. The first line of offense is usually the family and the friends, right? Because you can manipulate them and you can convince them to give you the money. Now, eventually they're going to be sick and tired of giving you money. So that's going to stop. So now you have nowhere to go. So that's where the criminality aspect comes in, where they're going to have to lie, cheat and steal to get money. And that's going to end up with them eventually ending up in jail like I did. And, and it's going to be, a, I think, a big problem. Um, how bad has it gotten with youth sports? Uh, with, with not in terms of betting on little league, but younger people being able to place bets on sporting events. It's horrible. I mean, it's it's wide open. It's it's the wild wild west when it comes to that. I mean, they just want your money. This whole thing's driven on greed, because you know, like you said, they were losing all this money to these these thugs and criminals and. You know, offshore books. So they wanted that money and they don't care, you know, who they attract and what it does to them. So I just think that it's really a bad thing to have all this legalization of it. But they're going to do it because of the, the money that's involved. Mm, uh, talking with Joel Soper's book, Never Enough Zeros. How, if at all, is sports gambling different from the world of gambling in, say, a casino, betting on blackjack, betting on poker. Is sports gambling a different beast? You know, I mean, it's all the same end result, but the sports betting, at least for me and, and the guys that I know that did it, we felt that we had an edge. Okay, obviously I didn't. But we thought we did. We thought we were smart, that we could handicap the games and we can come up with the winners. And we'd look at it like, all right, it's 50-50 if I'm going to win or not. Where you look at the casinos and they're like, I don't know the exact percentages, but they're at more of a disadvantage. But it's the same thing. It's the same dopamine rush and it's the same action. It's just it's a different form of gambling. And if uh, what are you doing now? If people aside from talking about this book and talking about uh, sports addiction, uh, sports gambling addiction generally, where are you in life these days? 
Well, um, I have restarted a business in Los Angeles, California, um, in the landscaping industry again. And, um, you know, it's, it's done well, thankfully. But I just quit gambling six and a half months ago. So I literally just started to, to build up again and, uh, you know, still dealing with some of the aftershocks that you, know, you have to deal with when, you know, you're in that sports gambling world. But, you know, I'm in a good place right now and uh, business is going good and um, I'm trying to eat better and I'm trying to focus on my my mental health. Um, how does someone I mentioned um placing a bet on the Mets last week. I'm right. currently in the midst of emailing a, um, you know, a, 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 a friend about a friendly wager on a political race that's happening this year. Sure. How does someone know if they've crossed the line to problem gambling addiction? I've known people who clearly have a, a problem gambling addiction, but I don't know that I could tell you when they cross that line from having some fun with it to it taking over their lives. If people are listening to our conversation now and they bet on sports or have a, a husband or a friend that bets on sports, how do they know when that becomes problematic? I think there's there's two ways, um, and this is the first one. It's, it's kind of it's funny, but it's sad. Um, I grew up in Detroit. And I was a huge Detroit sports fan, you know, Tigers, Lions, Red Wings, um, Pistons. Once I started really betting a lot and those teams would lose money for me, I despised my hometown teams. And instead of becoming, you know, a fan, I became a addict. Mm. And it was just all the only team that I liked was the one that I had money on. And then obviously, you know, it's a problem when you're, you know, losing time from work and you're getting fired or your relationships are starting to crumble because you're not focused on, you know, spending time with your loved ones. And it just, it it unravels real quick too. And that's, that's scary. Uh, fair enough. Well, I wish you uh, the best of luck. Good luck getting putting your life back together. Congratulations on the book. I hope everybody checks it out. It's called Never Enough Zeros. Uh, people can go to the website, neverenoughzeros.com. Joel Soper, uh, maybe we'll talk to you as this, this situation pops up again between now and the Super Bowl quite often. Yeah, I would love that big fan of yours, and I appreciate the time tonight. That's awfully nice of you, Joel. Thank you. If you want to comment on any portion of our discussion, you're welcome to give me a call, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. 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 